Hi, and welcome to The Fit, the fashion, innovation, and technology podcast hosted by eFitter, personalizing the shopping experience for you. My name's Judith. And I'm Elizabeth. And on The Fit, we delve into the complex world of fashion and tech with insights from industry players, old and new, and much, much more. This is our 60 second roundup where we try to summarize what's going on in the world of fashion and tech in 60 seconds. Burberry's recent partnership with Twitch, a live streaming service, is unique. As one of the first luxury brands to live stream a runway show back in 2010, streaming the show via Twitch allows Burberry to offer their fans a personalized front row experience they usually couldn't afford. With the rise of emerging social platforms like TikTok becoming the go-to for large ad campaigns, most brands will be keeping an eye on Twitch as a potential pivot in strategy. GCDS, the Italian streetwear line known for their unique out-of-earth digital experiences, have taken it even further with an interactive virtual reality fashion arcade. The pandemic has become a catalyst for innovation, especially for the fashion industry, and we are now finally witnessing brands rethink the way they present collections. GCDS are leading consumers to challenge their perception of normality, and this was definitely the way to do it. As the physical and digital worlds collide, virtual products are in. Gucci is best on an increase in demand for virtual clothes, shoes, and accessories that are entirely digital. As Gucci CMO explained, virtual items have value because of their scarcity, and he isn't wrong. Recently, someone dropped $2,400 on a pair of virtual sneakers on a mobile game, and another spent $9,500 on a digital dress that only exists on Instagram. This new wave of digital realms and luxury fashion through gaming has created a virtual marketplace that can only continue to expand. Today, we're with Cameron James Wilson, fashion photographer, creator of the first ever digital model studio, and founder of the digital modeling agency, The Digitals. So we just heard in the 60 second roundup that we're in a world where people are spending money on virtual designs. Um, We know that in the pandemic, fashion designers have been forced to become super innovative. But now that we're easing out of it, how do you think that this level of innovation will continue? What do you think it will look like in the future, Cameron? Um, I think I think we're we're obviously going to see many more collaborations with with games. Um, I think fashion is kind of uh, getting involved with the gaming industry in order to sell their digital products that way. Um, you know, monetizing kind of uh, outfits and and stuff like that through through gaming stores. Um, we've seen collaborations like Louis Vuitton with League of Legends, and um, we've seen uh, I think recently was announced was um, Margella for um, Animal Crossing or something like that. (laughs) Um, So there's some really, really unusual collaborations coming along, which I've been waiting a long time for. I I love to play games. So I'm really, really uh, looking forward to seeing my kind of two worlds that I love collide. Um, I think you're going to see actual just straight up digital garments being sold and things like that. Um, and I think which goes, uh, what goes overlooked a lot is actually filters, um, you know, like face filters and, and that kind of thing through social media, which are actually um, responsible for creating a lot of the, the newest influencers. You know, I've, I've seen people go from having only a few thousand followers to over a million just simply from releasing an amazing face filter. Um, so I think uh, face filters are going to expand into kind of other digital kind of products and things like that that people can wear and use um, and kind of 
they're not we're not buying them but they are kind of leading to um you know people getting get making money and profiting from them in a certain way so like social currency so um i think i think we'll see more of those trends kind of continue obviously as I work with digital models, you'll probably see a lot more kind of campaigns with digital models and uh, editorials with digital models and things like that as more and more brands choose to um, have their own bespoke kind of uh, digital ambassadors, um, which I think is probably one of the best ways for them to interact with social media. I think it becomes much more natural uh, when they're using a digital character to kind of speak through social media rather than just, you know, blank kind of posts who we don't know is kind of behind them. Sure. So just going back to your point about um, digital garments and the partnerships with different brands and so on, do you think that there are any implications in terms of creativity on the, on the side of these fashion brands? Because as you said, they're not physical. Um, Judith and I were actually having a conversation. We were trying to get our head around why somebody would pay so much on, for something that is not actually physical. But what's the wider implication for the actual designers? Will they make as much of an effort to be creative, do you think? I think uh, it's hard to say. Um, when I've explained to my clients that, that they don't have to necessarily design something that could be um, exist in the real world, you know, they have this kind of like uh, moment where they think, oh my God, like what, you know, what, what does that mean that I can create? You know, they feel like they can create almost anything. Um, and I think initially that's going to lead to maybe some really wacky designs and, you know, stuff that you, that are going to be really, really crazy. Um, but ultimately it comes down to what, what's uh, aesthetically appealing, you know, what, and what looks really great. And it may come back down to traditional kind of designs and things like that. Um, so although I think initially it might kind of fuel creativity, it might actually kind of, um, people might be a bit overwhelmed, you know, and then, and then kind of just, just kind of go back to basics, you know, and also in 3D, a lot of stuff hasn't been done yet, even the basic stuff. So there's going to be a lot of people just putting out kind of basic designs because they haven't been, haven't been really seen yet, you know, so and then moving on maybe later to something more complicated and challenging. So you've touched upon your journey into like creating digital models and we just wanted to talk about how you began this journey. I know you're a self-taught photographer initially. So how did that come about? How did Shudu come about? Because I think she was the one that really broke the internet at the time. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a lot of luck and chance, I think. I, I took a step back from photography. I didn't find it creatively fulfilling. It wasn't the industry that I really thought it was. And um, you know, we all know there's so many problems with the fashion industry. You know, I was treated horribly by editors and um, clients and, and really there is just not the industry that I really thought that it, it was. So I decided to take a, a step back um, and I wanted to find my voice. You know, I wanted, I have a lot to say, you know, I, I, I saw a lot in the, go on in the fashion industry um, and I wanted to, to create um, work that was inspiring and beautiful um, but I had no idea how I was going to do that so I was I I took about three years before I found um, 3D um, 3D kind of character design I found in a program that really worked for me called Daz Studio um, and I self-taught I self-taught myself so I, I I watched YouTube videos I was on forums and Within about three or four months of picking up this program, I created um, Shudu, the first image of Shudu, um, which I put on Facebook. And I was only, at that time, I was only sharing it with my close friends because I didn't know what people would think. 
Um, and one of them took it, Tokyo James, uh, took it from, from my Facebook and he posted it to um, social media, to Instagram. Um, and he's a, he's a um, fashion designer who has a big influence in Africa. So obviously a lot of people picked up the image from there and kind of was sharing it and nobody really knew where it came from. Um, and of course that was the picture of Shulu. Um, and it was shared by so many people. I think Naomi Campbell liked it, Tyra Banks shared it, Alicia Keys shared it, and they were all asking, who is this model? Who is she? And I'm sat there like scared, like, oh my God, they think she's real. What do I do? You know, like, um, you, you know, this is so crazy for me who's only just started out on this journey of creating 3D characters. People think my character's real, which as a 3D artist is a huge compliment, you know, like that's really what a lot of 3D artists aim for is, is reality. Um, so Shudu was kind of born and initially I was just releasing uh, images of her um, to, to Instagram and kind of leaving it for other people to decide whether or not she was real. Sometimes I would post something that was quite clearly 3D because I wasn't that skilled at the time. Um, and other times they would be quite convincing, you know, and I, I wanted to kind of gauge people's reaction to see how, how my skills were developing. Um, and yeah, and, and, and she, that was kind of how I started out with Shudu. And what I found really interesting about you saying how people are like, is she real? there was a kind of buzz around it, a conversation on the other side where people were like, okay, but this takes away from, you know, real models jobs. And considering that she is a black digital model or but appears to be black, um, it did raise questions of, is she taking away jobs? And, you know, there's already a very minute um, amount of models or number of models that thrive in the fashion industry as, as black models. So what's your take on that? Like, how did you receive that? Do you continue creating models that look like her or did you stop like what was that journey like for you so initially I wasn't I wasn't doing any jobs it was just me creating imagery for the sake of creating imagery um I was I loved creating images of Shudu because she's absolutely gorgeous and uh, one of my favorite characters and and then obviously people were, were having a lot of this conversation of of is Shudu going to take away jobs and that was never ever my intention I never wanted to I created Chudu as as kind of a, a love letter to to dark skin. You know, that's really what she is. She's she's my ultimate beauty. You know, she's something that I created that that is my ultimate muse, my ultimate model. I, it was never ever something negative or something that I wanted to take away. So when we did start to get requests um, from clients um, about kind of paid promotions and things like that. I was thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I incorporate real models? How do I incorporate real black creatives? How do I make sure that this is a benefit to, to the community? Which is when I came up with the idea of the Muse program. So what we do is when we get um, a request from a client, um, we shoot the, we do an actual real shoot with a real model. Um, and then we kind of use her as the base and blend her with Shudu. So Shudu looks slightly different because she's kind of like a blend of the two models. Um, and that way, and, and we pay those models well, we credit them, we feature them on our website. And that way we feel that, you know, we're working together. It's a collaboration. They're happy to work with me. Um, we credit them so that we direct some of Shudu's social media traffic over to them. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really, really worked out great. You know, I feel that, feel that the models are really happy with, with the arrangement that we've had. They've been able to book some campaigns that maybe, um, 
maybe they they wouldn't have they wouldn't have picked up on their own you know which is great because shudu has such a huge following um and i can pick whatever models i want you know so it, it kind of means that it, they're not bound by how many followers they have um a lot of models these days are only picked because they have 200,000 followers you know so they get to kind of benefit as well from from shudu's following so that's the kind of things that we have in place of course it's always evolving we're always trying to make sure that that we're doing more um which is why again we've been releasing some interviews with the muses and just trying to showcase them more on our on shudu's platform and make it more of a community um that surrounds shudu rather than just this digital model that's just you know <laughs> taking away something which is which is not what i wanted at all with shudu so when you started digital design, obviously, it, it feels like um, Shudu becoming the next big thing was almost accidental. It was very much you developed your skills and you're fortunate enough for it to be picked up. And now the um, Muse program is kind of an expansion of that. But what was your overall vision for what you wanted to achieve with creating these digital models? So <laughs> creating Shudu, I didn't really have like a vision necessarily. I was trying to create like a, a collection by using these kind of models, but they kind of turned out to be the collection themselves in a way. Like, um, so, so yeah, so with Shudu, there wasn't really any intent behind creating her. She just kind of took a life on her with, of her own. Um, with the other models, um, I did have a bit more of an intent because at that point I decided I wanted to create the digitals which is my all digital modeling agency um and i was thinking more about the kind of roster of models that we would have making sure that the roster was diverse um you know making sure that there was a range of models that people could choose from that were all kind of different um and this is quite a time consuming process creating these models so it's it's quite difficult to create diversity when it takes so long to make each individual model you know it's different to an agency where i could just pick pick different people um, so first off, I created um, I created Bren, who is um, also a black woman, but she's curvy. She has stretch marks, um, and I thought that 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 she really represented maybe some of the insecurities that I had uh, within myself. You know, being being bigger, having stretch marks, you know, and things like that. I wanted to showcase that digital models isn't all about looking like you know a Barbie or something. You know, this is this is about this could be anyone, you know, this could be um, somebody who's curvy, somebody with stretch marks, you can recreate anything in 3D. Um, I then went on to create um, Danny, who is a Caucasian model. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of show uh, how I would do lighter complexions as well. Um, and making sure that they look just as realistic as Shudu. Um, because one of my thoughts was that we don't see a lot of dark skin represented in 3D. So perhaps the reason why Shudu looks so real is because she has a darker complexion and people just aren't used to seeing darker complexions represented in the media. So maybe that's why they think, you know, this is what a dark complexion looks like. So I wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. And I created Danny, um, who is, I would say, just as realistic looking as, as Shudu. Um, she has a little bit of catching up to do because I put a lot of love into Shudu, but she's still just kind of as realistic as her. I then went on to create um, Kofi, who is um, kind of Shudu's counterpart. So he's kind of slightly exaggerated like Shudu is, you know, he's the kind of Ken to her Barbie and, and they kind of represent like the Adam, of Eve of the Adam and Eve of the digital world. So 
I kind of created him from the same things that I created Chudu with, the same kind of skin and things like that. So they're, they're kind of one in the same, you know, they're kind of like the two halves of one whole. Um, a lot of people think that they're kind of like in this relationship or something, but it kind of goes beyond that. They kind of represent something kind of more, I would say, than, than, just, than just kind of being lovers. It's kind of like loving yourself um, in a way because he's made of the same things as Shudu. When, when they're kind of loving each other, they're almost loving themselves, um, which I think is a really important message as well. So yeah, so I kind of, throughout the time, I've, I've kind of become more aware that these models are going to be uh, looked at by clients and kind of looked at by the world and making sure that they have some kind of positive message and, and intent behind them. Sure. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you spoke about the fact that you've created these different ethnicities and also the thought process behind creating a dark skin black model first. Um, one thing that we have to address and that we can't really get past is the fact that there was some controversy around the fact that when Shudu was created initially, it was like, okay, why is there a white creator creating this dark skin model? What are the ethical implications? Um, and now, of course, you've got Bren and Kofi who kind of fit into that mold as well. Um, I guess my question is, has that changed your approach to digital design at all? And as a white person, have you had to adjust your messaging in terms of creating those models in comparison to Danny? I think, I think you just have to be really aware and responsible. Um, there are always, 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 no matter what I, what I do, going to be some people, quite a small, small group of people that just simply do not like it because I'm white and Shudu's black and that is very clear cut for them. Um, and I'm never going to try and convince those people otherwise, you know, that, that's how they feel and that's okay. But there are also a lot of people who, who kind of support what I'm doing and kind of see it for, for more for what it is. I never set out to kind of, um, I never really set out for Shudu to be this this big deal, you know, this kind of popular character. And I, I can't really help uh, the fact that I'm white and she's black, you know, it just, it, it just is what it is. Um, but what I can do is I can be more responsible, you know, I can be sensitive, I can listen as much, you know, as much as possible um, to what people are saying. Um, and initially when I created Shudu, I was, um, using hashtags and things which I thought applied to Shudu, you know, like black girl magic and, and things like that. Um, and I was told that that wasn't appropriate. And, and of course I realized that that's hundred percent true. <laughs> um, I just, I just had been looking at social media thinking, Oh yeah, let's, let's do this hashtag, this hashtag, that not really thinking that these hashtags are used um, by the community as a really powerful tool um, to kind of uh, find other media that's really empowering for them, you know, and, and although Shudu, Shudu does represent that she's not really a part of that in a way if you know what I mean so just not using those kind of hashtags and things like that you know being more sensitive like I said with the jobs making sure that Shudu's kind of giving back to the community we just did um, an amazing campaign for Samsung and every single person on that set was was a black creative you know and I, I made sure that happened because I, I, that's the vision I have for Shudu, you know, I wanted to kind of bring these creatives together and it was honestly probably one of the best shoot days I've ever had, seeing everybody so inspired. The, the theme was uh, really Afrofuturistic because I've never seen a, a mobile phone company really embrace African culture in a mobile phone advert. I've just never seen it before. Um, and I thought, how amazing would it be to have this really, really, really gorgeous with, you know, with, with kind of lots of these 
Afrofuturistic elements. Um, and it was honestly such an incra uh, crazy and amazing uh, shoot day and everyone was so inspired. So just being kind of responsible, just making sure that, yeah, the people who are involved in kind of creating these campaigns are coming from that background, you know, are kind of black creatives. They're seeing things through that lens. Um, I work closely with uh, Amma Badu, who's a writer that we work with. Um, and she sometimes does interviews as she do, and she's kind of writing the, her backstory. Um, and her lens is so, so incredibly important to me. You know, her view is so inc incredibly important to me. She's become so much more than just me working with a writer. She's now somebody that um, gives me so much advice, you know, and kind of, uh, and guidance when it comes to these things. And and I trust her opinion so much because she has that experience in the fashion industry of being a black woman in the fashion industry. So, so yeah, so I have, it's been a really, really big journey. Um, so it was really a hard pill to swallow in the beginning. You know, it's, it's not nice to kind of sit there and, and have so much criticism all at once when I'm not used to, used to it um, at all. Um, I, and then kind of realizing, okay, maybe there is some growing, maybe there is some adjusting to do. I do still want to create with Shudu. I still want to create other black characters, you know, um, but how do I do that in a responsible way? How do I do that in a sensitive way? Um, and it, I, I do believe that it is possible. I have uh, people who support me and think that it, that is possible. There are obviously going to be some people who think it's not and think that I shouldn't. Um, and it's just kind of taking in all of those opinions, weighing them up, trying to understand where the middle ground could be if there is one. Um, and and just kind of just going by instinct, I think a lot of the time. Sure. So I have to ask this question because um, obviously the article is about digital currency and how you know the buying and selling of digital products, whether it be items or you know, yeah, items through games, right? They mm -hmm. are creating this mini economy as an artist, and, I, and if we look at it from an artist's perspective, you own these digital creations, mm -hmm. and like the digital economy, you can buy and sell clothing and people are buying and selling like 9.5k items on instagram that you'd never be able to wear in person mm -hmm. would you actually consider selling any of your digital models so shudu is definitely completely out of the question i would never ever ever sell her not in a million years she just too important and and i i just i would hate to see her in the hands of someone that that wasn't really, I'm not saying I'm the most aware person, but you know, that wasn't really as aware that would do things that were offensive with her. That would just be so horrible because that's just not my intent with her whatsoever. Um, I have considered um, give, giving her to someone at some time, not um, just because I was so overwhelmed with so much of the criticism and, and I wanted her to be in the hands of, of, of someone who I felt could be more responsible than me. Um, but I think I just had to take my time and realize, no, this is a journey for me. This is my growth. This is something that I have to do for myself. Um, but I would never, I would never sell her not to, not to just somebody who, who's the highest bidder or anything like that. You know, it, it, I, I could never, my other models, um, I think it depends, it really comes down to selling my company more than selling, selling my models. Um, Shudu would never be a part of, of the, she's not a part of the digital, she's kind of represented by them, but are my other models, maybe, and if I did sell the company, maybe they would, they would go along with it. Um, but it's not really, it's not really why I'm doing this. It's, it's not really to make money or to sell my company or anything like that. It's simply because I enjoy it. 
Um, I do create characters for other companies. So I will create bespoke characters for other companies, um, which is really, really fun and uh, time consuming um, and challenging. Um, but yeah, so, so that's something that I do do. Um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of companies do though is um, kind of go for something middle of the road. They're always like, oh, we want them to look like all ethnicities. We want them to look like mixed and all of this. And I'm thinking like, just because somebody's mixed doesn't mean they have global appeal, you know? And I, I feel like that's the mistake a lot of companies make is that they want this kind of uh, mixed race, globally appealing person. They don't look this race. They don't look that race. They don't want to offend anyone. Um, and I just think that's totally the wrong direction to go down. You know, Shudu has a lot of global appeal. Um, she's featured all across the world in kind of every magazine you could th think of. Um, but she is very, very clearly a dark-skinned black woman, and there's nothing wrong with 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 kind of fully embracing uh, one race and one culture. Um, and I feel that that companies think that they can just kind of, I don't know, it, it just feel I don't know how to describe it, but it just feels kind of very strange. And I've seen it in real life modeling too. I've seen a lot of companies pick mixed people, um, you know, over over maybe more dark-skinned people or, or just white people because they think that it's it's got more global appeal and and i just think that that's such a uh, the wrong direction to go with this at, at all like um it's one thing to to do if you're doing it just because it's 3d and you can create somebody who's a mix of all races there's there's a difference between doing it for that reason and then there's a difference doing it just because you want to sell to to people all around the world you know so so yeah so i i do create bespoke characters it can be quite challenging sometimes with the different clients and and kind of what they want um but yeah, I don't think I would sell, I don't think I would sell just straight up my, my own creations. <laughs> That's so interesting that you mentioned that because one of the thoughts that I had was about how sometimes the fashion industry can be quite disingenuous when it comes to promoting people of different races. I guess a follow-up to that question would be when we're looking at how technology is driving forward fashion, do you think that, um, there is a space to explore being culturally aware and how do you think these companies should do this? I ask you this because I'm well aware that, you know, you are white in this space. However, there are a lot of considerations that you've had regarding your characters that some of the mainstream fashion brands have not even began to think about. So mm -hmm. how do you think they can toe the line between being technologically innovative, but also making sure that all cultures are included in a way that comes across as sincere? I think by hiring black creatives, I think that's just literally, or, or creatives of different backgrounds, I think that's the one top one thing I say to, to other people. You know, I one of the things I want you to do is to inspire um, people of different backgrounds to get involved with uh, 3D fashion, fashion technology, technology, you know, because I we don't see a lot of, especially dark skinned black women represented in these industries at all. Um, and having attended lots of different conferences and things like that, it is a predominantly white and and Asian, um, especially male um, industry. Um, so they need we they need to kind of be embracing. There are black three D fashion designers out there. There are kind of black creatives out there who can, who can do this. Um, having them on board, you know, kind of uh, taking uh, trusting their opinions, listening to them. Um, and also creating outside of the box, you know, I what I love to team up with with black fashion designers, and one of the uh, ones that I recently teamed up with was Labby by CK, who is really, really her her line is really, really developing, and she's becoming uh, 
one to watch you know if you if you don't know who she is definitely take a look at her work and I love kind of working with her because she works a lot with with African prints and things like that which you don't see in a futuristic setting often, often enough you don't see African prints and technology kind of enough you know and uh, for some reason they're always there are always, uh, you know, certain things that people consider African print to be, you know, that that doesn't necessarily fit with futuristic and technology. Um, and I think that is uh, so wrong. You know, I, I want to see these kind of things be incorporated more. So you have to make sure that if you're going to do that, you're teaming up with, you know, black fashion designer, black creatives, just making sure you have that lens, you have that um, you have that that kind of consideration considerations there. I do think it's important for for companies not to shy away and not to be scared of um, creating a black model. You know, creating creating um, an Indian model or whatever model you want to create. You can do it. You can be culturally sensitive. You can be aware. Just make sure you're including people of, of that community, of that background, of that race. Um, and uh, it is a worry for me because I've seen some companies out there creating Shudu kind of lookalikes with their campaigns. Um, and I know that the team that create that model is fully white team. And um, it, is, it is a worry for me. You know, what have I kind of done? Have I opened Pandora, Pandora's box and now every, every person thinks they can just create a black character and not have any considerations or anything like that, you know? Um, and they're not going to get as much criticism as I face because they're they're not the first ones doing it you know so they're not maybe going to be aware of so much of the stuff that I am because they haven't faced that criticism um so they might do something that's totally inappropriate which is going to damage all of our kind of all of what we're doing you know um so yeah so it's it's so so difficult it's it, it is very very difficult but I just think brands shouldn't shy away um, to just involve people of different backgrounds as often as they can, listen to those voices, trust them, um, and kind of do it that way, uh, uh, you know, but don't shy away from it. On a closing note, um, I know at the beginning we talked about how, you know, or what advancements in technology you could foresee happening over time. We talked about, you know, the face filters and the AR. But our question to you is what is next for Shudu and the digitals? What do you see in the next two, three months and years to come? So we're constantly looking at ways to animate our characters. That's probably one of the biggest um, challenges that we have is kind of animation and rendering out these animations can sometimes take weeks. Um, we recently did a catwalk with Lavi by CK Swim and that literally took weeks to render and we only had a minute of footage and everyone's like why is it so short and it's like well you don't know how much hard work went into this you know this was this was like an intense two three months of of kind of work um but people don't see that they just think it's just a minute long like why is it so short and it's like oh you know it takes a lot so we're looking at ways to kind of cut that down um we're looking at kind of different programs that we could port Shudu into to make things quicker um, we're looking at different ways of animating her. We're looking at teaming up with people who do deep fakes, machine learning and stuff like that to kind of power much, much more realistic um, facial animations and things like that. So one to really watch in the, in, in the fashion industry is um, definitely machine learning and AI technology. Um, as much as I don't think, I, I personally don't think 3D models are gonna impact the fashion industry 
too much. I don't think they're going to detract too much from the jobs available available for for real models. However, machine learning, which is not something that I I do myself, but I'm aware of, uh, machine learning and AI can basically generate e-commerce images without ever having to do a shoot. So you can you can put the clothes in uh, or shoot the clothes on a mannequin, and the the machine learning will put a person in those clothes. Um, so this could really, really change the way that e-commerce is is done, which, you know, you could go on on any kind of uh, website, you could shop that and you could be buying something for which wasn't even ever worn by a model. You know, it's just kind of it's simulated that way. And this is something you can't do with 3D because it's you could do it, but it's very time consuming. It requires so much effort. You may as well just shoot shoot the garments on a real person. Um, where, whereas with with machine learning, you can you can do uh, thousands of these kind of simulations. Um, so this could really really impact the modeling industry from that standpoint. So do keep an eye on those technologies. I don't think it's as scary as people think it is. I think when new technology always comes along, people are very wary. Um, but I think definitely be aware. Definitely learn about these things, especially three D. Um, I want people to, I label everything I do as, as kind of 3D. I try to make sure people are aware that it's not real. I can't say that every brand is going to do that. So just make sure you do your research, make sure you, you know whether that person you follow on Instagram is real or not. <laughs> um, because not everyone is, is going to be as open and as honest as, as kind of uh, I am. So yeah. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, it's been a great conversation. Where can we find you on social media? The best place to follow us is at the digitals with a double I. So it's D-I-I-G-I-T-A-L-S. We showcase a lot of the behind the scenes. It's a great place to kind of learn about what we do. Of course, follow shudu.gram as well on Instagram. And any of our other digital models, we'll ha- we have them tagged on the digital so you can follow them as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Fit. For more updates, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the app or follow us with the hashtag TheFitPod. Don't forget to like us, rate us, comment, engage however you listen to your podcasts. It's really important for us so that we can get the word out there. See you soon. Bye.